The program you about to hear is a pre-recorded broadcast. Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. Strengthening the Saints against Islam's assault on North America. Have you ever uh, taken a do-over? You ever, you know, you know how it is uh, when you're, you're kids, you get out there and you're playing and and uh, someone throws the ball at you and you swing at it and you miss and you cry out, do over, do over, give me another chance. Let me do it again. Now, when we get older, we still do do overs. Um, you know, we don't call them do overs in that way. If you play golf, you know, we call it a mulligan. I was reading how that slipped into the golf game. Of course, it's not uh, the Professional Golf Association rules. It's PGA rules, Preachers Golf Association, maybe. <laughs> uh, but uh, the mulligan is uh, uh, apparently from this guy from Boston. His name was Mulligan. And uh, when he retired, uh, he moved up uh, to Cape Cod and he took up golf. And when anyone made a bad shot, he handed them one of his golf balls and said, here, have a mulligan. And so this is where the idea of uh, Mulligan uh, got into the golf game. And the idea here is that you, you do a do-over. Have another swing at it. Have another crack. Uh, have any of you ever said anything stupid <laughs> and wished you could uh, do a do-over? Of course you have. You know, the only problem is sometimes that uh, when it passes our lips, uh, we just can't quite take it back. Uh, there's an interesting story. I'm sure these two ladies would love a do-over. Two ladies had finished their shopping, and they were heading back to their car. And there in the parking lot, they found a dead cat, a roadkill. And so being animal lovers, they covered it up with tissue paper and scooped it up and put it in one of their shopping bags. They emptied it and put this cat in there. And they were going to take it home and give it a proper burial. Arriving at their car, uh, they stashed their treasures in the trunk. And it was lunchtime, and I thought, well, they you know, decided to go to the cafe. And, uh, but they didn't, didn't want to leave the cat inside the car because it's a hot day, and they didn't want that to ruin their new car smell. So they put that gift bag with the cat uh, sitting on the top of the trunk and went into the cafe and had a got a, a window seat so they could kind of survey their car. And so while they're sitting there and enjoying, uh, about to enjoy their BLT sandwich, they saw a woman approach their car. She looked to the left, looked to the right, and snatched the shopping bag from the car and walked quickly towards the cafe. So this catnapper then entered the same restaurant as they were in and took a seat at the table next to theirs, speechless. From the shock, they watched as the thief casually ordered her lunch. After giving her order, the waitress uh, nonchalantly walked away, and uh, the lady picked up the bag to survey her find. The two good Samaritans had lost their interest in their BLT by now and were smiling from ear to ear, waiting in anticipation of the reaction of this catnapper. This lady removed the tissue paper and her eyes widened and she began to make a sort of gasping noise. And the noise grew. 
The bag slid from her lap as she sank to the floor, wheezing and clutching her upper chest. An attendant called for someone to call 911 and proceeded to administer CPR to this lady. crowd uh, quickly gathered, and the other two ladies remained riveted to their chairs. The seven minutes, uh, all that time that it took the ambulance uh, to arrive. In a matter of minutes, uh, she was strapped to the gurney, and two well-trained paramedics steered her to the waiting ambulance while the third scooped up her belongings. The last they saw of this cat burglar was uh, as the doors were being closed to the ambulance, that shopping bag was perched right on her stomach. (laughs) I'm sure these ladies uh, wish they could maybe have a do-over. The Bible tells us, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if ye faint not. Folks, I, I got to say, sometimes it is discouraging. Uh, the, the things we're trying to do, things we're trying to get accomplished, and it seems like we are trying to skate uphill on roller skates, and we seem to be losing more ground than we're gaining at times. Uh, I remember when I was a missionary in England, England wasn't a country that was easy to be a missionary in. Uh, you know, you go as many other countries, you could go and be a church planning missionary, and you can write letters back to your supporting churches and tell them of hundreds being saved, but you don't get that when you go to Europe. Uh, it's difficult. Uh, the people there are of a mindset that they, well, we tried God, that didn't work for us. We're on to new things, better things. Yeah, we don't believe in God anymore. We don't need that as a crutch. We don't need that superstition. And besides, what do I need God for? Um, I got everything I need. I got my job. I got my home. I got my wife. I got my health. I got my pleasures. Uh, I don't need God. And after all, I'm a good person. Everyone's going to heaven. And God loves us all. Jesus saves. Amen. So, So it's difficult. Uh, to minister in a society uh, with that kind of mentality. And uh, and, it, and it was difficult. And it seemed like, uh, you know, we were running at the wall, and it was a wall that we couldn't break down. And every time, you know, we're trying to reach our community and to bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, not a religion, but the relationship with the God of heaven who sent his son to die on Calvary's tree, to provide a payment for their sin, for them to acknowledge their need, uh, their their, their sinful uh, debt, that they had broken God's law, and uh, and it was just difficult. And it seemed like every turn was was hard, and we would run at that wall, because I know I've got to break through that wall, I've got to make a headway, and every time I hit that wall, it hurts. And 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 I've got to be honest with you, it's... um, you know, when you when you keep hitting that wall, that wall starts teaching you something. And uh, and what it's trying to teach you is what it's trying to tell you is you're not working. It's not working. You're failing. You're not going to break me down. And I know I've got to break down that wall. I've got to continue and I've got to, uh, uh, you know, do God's work. And uh, and these people need to be saved and they need to understand. And I've got to keep at it and I've got to keep working 
But every time you run at that wall and you hit it and it hurts, just before impact, you let up because it hurts. And then you, you come back defeated and you feel that the wall is winning, that you can't succeed. And now that may be something that's a story that's similar in your life. And maybe perhaps that's exactly how it is in this fight for righteousness here in North America when we see our country turning so far away from God that we're accepting more and more of the foolishness of this world and we lose so much ground that we've surrendered to the, uh, to the heathen, to the liberal, to the, and even to Islam. And it seems like every turn we and, and we and we run at that wall because we know we've got to fight the good fight. We've got to stand for God. We've got to stand for righteousness, because if we don't, who will? And we keep hitting that wall and we keep hitting defeat. And every time we hit that wall, it hurts. And sometimes we feel like we'll not succeed. But the Bible says, and let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Folks, you, we've we got to realize and maybe understand that every time we hit that wall, we weaken it. And if we keep hitting it and keep pushing and keep prodding and keep laying on the effort and keep impacting it, one day that wall is going to break through. We can't give up. We can't resign ourselves to the idea that it can't be done. Let me tell you an experience I had. I got to travel to Mexico. My goodness, this is 15, 10, 15 years ago. I was invited over there to a conference to speak and to see what God was doing. And, and, and I spoke in some churches there. And I tell you, although as a missionary, I've labored in prosperous countries. So this was the first time that I really saw poverty firsthand. And, uh, and, and these people, I, I, I kid you not, they were poor. I've never seen poverty like this before. But they gave, in the, they're giving in their offerings so that they could help the ministry of a missionary to reach the British to bring them to Christ, I was so humbled. It was so difficult for me to receive the love gift that they had given, and the missionary could, uh, that that was that I that invited me over there explained to me said you 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 don't rob these people of their blessing, the blessing of giving, and uh, and so you know I reluctantly I took it, and I'm I'm glad for it, but I tell you it made me so humbled. But let me, t let, let me tell you something. These people there in Mexico that I met, they, although they had so little, they believed, and I, and I, and I believe with the faith that, that these people have, they believed that they were going to evangelize the world. And, and to them, to give of what they had, which wasn't much, I find those who don't have much usually are the ones who give the most. And they gave sacrificially 
I, I, I had heard that some of them had sold their VCR so that they could give in the office. I mean, one of their prized possessions um, so that they could give in an offering to help a missionary to go reach the lost in Britain. But this was the mentality of that. And I, and I came back to America and, and to uh, uh, report to our churches here, and, and I got to thinking, you know, here we are, we're, we're a land of so much, and yet we have so little faith in retrospect of that. Folks, we can't give up and think that we have so little or, or so little talent or so little ability, whatever. Um, folks, we are uh, we're looking at it wrong. Let me quickly tell you another story. This is from the Diary of John Wesley. Um, I don't know what year this was, but uh, morning service, May 5th, preached at St. Anne's. We were asked not to come back. In the Sunday evening of May the 5th, preached at St. John's, the deacon said, get out and stay out. In the morning of May 12th, preached at St. Jude's, can't go there either. Uh, the a.m. of May 19th, uh, preached at this other church and uh, deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return in the evening of May 19th he preached on the street and kicked off the street uh, another entry on May 26th preached in a meadow chased out of the meadow as bull was turned loose during service on uh, the morning of June the 2nd preached at the edge of town and kicked off the highway on the evening of June the 2nd afternoon preached in a pasture 10,000 people came to hear me how many of us would have given up before then? We can't give up, folks. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Folks, let's not give up. Let's keep hitting the wall. And join us again tomorrow at the corner of Truth and Courage. <laughs> 